freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central. And we have a great show lined up for you once again here today. We are going to be continuing our ongoing discussion of the general principles of natural law. We'll be getting deep into this today, and we'll be talking about how uh, this understanding is completely intertwined, interwoven, and inseparable from human freedom. As the intro music says, that's what it's all about, folks. Human freedom is what this show talks about and discovers the principles upon which human freedom is based. And that is the principles of natural law. And without an understanding of those general principles, we are awash in a sea of ignorance. And our ship is sailing without any guidance or direction into harmful waters. So... That's going to be coming up. Today is August 21st, 2011, and I want to give the call-in numbers for the show. Haven't taken a lot of calls recently, but anyone is welcome to call in at any time during the show. And uh, please be patient. Wait on the switchboard. I will get to you. Uh, I want to ask people who call in today to attempt to uh, limit their questions or areas of discussion to natural law specifically, because I really want to delve into this topic and uh, uh, try to kind of um, uh, get your take on it and any questions that that, uh, you guys listening might have. So the call-in number for the network is 866-841-1065. Once again, the call-in number 866-841-1065. Call in with any questions that you have that are pertinent to the principles of natural law. What we're going to be getting into today is the understanding of this being 
the suppressed occult knowledge. This knowledge actually is the occult information that has been hidden from the general public for thousands of years. This is what all of the distractions are for. All of the distractions out there and the useless information and the disinformation and all the COINTELPRO stuff that goes on is all to ultimately keep this information information from reaching the public's eyes and ears. This is what they don't want you to know, folks, at the deepest fundamental level. We'll be getting into it on the other side. I'm your host, Mark Passio. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere, folks. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I'd like to direct everyone's attention to my website, whatonearthishappening.com. There you will find a few images on the radio show tab of the website that uh, contain concepts that we'll be going over today on the show. That's coming up in a few moments. In this segment, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, before we actually get into the uh, the meat of the topic, which is the general principles of natural law here today. And that is the fact that this is the occult information that is being hidden from the general population by the, the dark occultists of the world. And this is the information that ultimately they don't want anyone receiving because this is the most empowering information that anyone can receive. And that's what I'm attempting to do here today is to begin really breaking open the floodgates. We can talk about the problems of the world until we're blue in the face, you know, but ultimately it's about solutions. And this is the ultimate solution. This is the solution upon which all of the other actual practical actions that we can take are predicated upon. This is the foundation upon which those solutions are built. If you have no actual deep cognitive understanding, if you have no actual comprehension of natural law principles, then any action that you take is ultimately um, uh, for, it's in vain really, it's, it's not for any actual uh, purpose that can truly serve us as a species in any way that will bring about anything that resembles true freedom. So that's what our goal is and therefore to move toward that goal, we need a firm foundation in the principles of natural law. The second thing I want to mention here is um, that with last week's podcast, I posted a bunch of books uh, and pamphlets. So if you go to the podcast page, along with show number 73, which was the beginning of of our discussion on natural law as a solution-oriented approach to the problems of humanity. Uh, I posted uh, documents uh, like Aquinas on Liberty, which is a phenomenal um, short essay written by someone named Aquinas on the principles of natural law and how uh, chaos basically enters into our society and remains with us until we become enlightened to these principles. 
I posted um, wisdom from just about every tradition that is out there. The Buddhist tradition, uh, from the Freemasonic tradition, um, wisdom from the founding fathers of this country, including Thomas Paine, uh, a great book called The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke, which I think everyone should read. Very simple, practical principles contained in that book. Uh, the uh, Wisdom of the Hermetic Tradition from a book known as the Kybalion, which, as I've said, is a very good primer for the understanding of natural law and many other documents up there. So avail yourself of this information. Go to work. Read, folks. Read, 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 read. I can't stress that enough. Reading is the path to cognitive liberty. It really is. And there's a wealth of information out there. It's at our fingertips. Like never before in human history, it's at our fingertips. So avail yourself of this knowledge and put it to good use. So tons of documents on show number 73. Perhaps I'll post a few more uh, this week. So one other thing I want to talk about before we get started is uh, a gentleman I believe called up a couple of weeks ago uh, at the very end of the show. And we ran out of time. He basically asked me what my, uh, I guess you could say, what my tradition is or where my teachings uh, are derived or, uh, you know, I guess what my background in this esoteric knowledge is, uh, the perspective or the, the take that I have on this, where it comes from, I guess you could say. Uh, and I'd like to really address this a little bit because... Um, I think people get too hung up on where certain information comes from versus um, the actual resonance with truth that it has and how it can actually help us in the really big picture sense, okay? So my take on this is it doesn't matter where truth what tradition it is derived from. And how I would respond to that is that the teachings that I put forward on this show are not derived from any one specific tradition in particular. They are derived from an integral approach, meaning that a bit is taken from everywhere. I don't limit what I study. I study the traditions of the Western mystery traditions. I study Kemetian or ancient Egyptian mystery tradition. I study ancient esoteric Freemasonry. I study the original esoteric forms of Christianity. I study Eastern Buddhism and Taoism. I study the hermetic arts that are older than the Egyptian tradition even and then have been preserved through that tradition and then carried into ancient Greece and other places. And I think the main thing to keep in mind here is you can pull wisdom from any tradition that's out there. You take what resonates and what is capable of doing good and leave the rest. Okay, so this information could come from Kabbalah. This information can come from Rosicrucianism. It doesn't make a difference where it's coming from. It makes a difference whether it's true and whether it's in harmony with natural law. That's what is of utmost importance because that 
is what is actually dictating and creating our experience here the quality of our experience. And that's what this is all about, is trying to help people improve the manifested quality of their experience on earth through harmony with the principles of nature. That's ultimately what this entire show is about. Because we've gone so far off of that path of harmony with natural law that we are creating a completely chaotic society. And I mean chaos in a in a bad way in in the sense that this form of learning learning this information has become exceedingly difficult sometimes what many might consider next to impossible because of how many calcified ideas that are completely erroneous have been hammered into us through the methods of mind control and that we're so reluctant through fear to abandon these outmoded ideas. So that's what I'm attempting to help that process. That's what I'm here to do, help to put that process in motion, to help people to let go of the outmoded, outdated belief systems that no longer serve us and to get back to a deep understanding of natural law principles. Okay? So... When we come back, I want to talk about one tradition in particular, which many will recognize as one of the foundations of the principles of natural law, which we're going to discuss today, and that's the Hermetic tradition. We'll do that on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us, folks. All right, folks, we're back. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today on the show, we are talking about the principles of natural law. And some of the things that I'm going to be discussing on the show today, many will recognize from Hermeticism, the Hermetic tradition, which, as I've already said, predates ancient Egypt and goes right back to the dawn of antiquity of our species. And it is preserved knowledge, this lamp of of knowledge, this lamp of wisdom has been kept lit by initiates throughout the centuries, sometimes at the cost of their own lives in extraordinarily dark times, darker than even the times we're living in today where one would have been basically uh, murdered for even possessing or attempting to communicate this type of knowledge. So we live in a, a very unique time of opportunity. It should be seen as a time of opportunity that this information is free-flowing and able to be effectively communicated for those who wish to receive it. So, um, the word hermetic means sealed, basically. Hermetically sealed, we use it as in modern colloquial English. And this is because this relates directly with a topic that we talked about last week that Natural law is inherent. It, it has a basis in nature. Okay? It is eternal. It is always like this as long as the universe that we're living in exists. These are foundational laws that the, upon which our universe is built. 
okay? They are boundary conditions for this universe. This universe is governed by law. And I can't do anything to make anyone accept that truth. That's an eternal truth that is always here regardless of what anyone thinks about it. And no one can be made or forced to accept it. They can only continue to go along in their folly until they suffer enough. And then finally, hopefully, through that suffering, they will come to their own discovery of these principles. These principles, however, are known and have been known. I'm not the first. I won't be the last. There's nothing special about me for having discovered this information. It's something that has always been here and always will be here, again, for as long as this universe exists. That's the first basic thing I want to say about the, the tradition from which the conveyance of this information uh, comes from. Okay. Uh, the second thing is the Hermetic tradition is named after Hermes. Okay, a messenger of the gods of the ancient world. He is also associated with the Egyptian Thoth, the scribe of the gods. In the Roman tradition, so Hermes or Hermes Trismegistus is the messenger of this information of natural law. Okay, he's not the creator god, okay, the, the be-all and all of the force of creation. He is the conveyance through which the discovery of natural law comes that brings the knowledge of that creative force, okay? In the Roman tradition, he was known as Mercury. And again, this is associated with the planet Mercury because he is the closest to the sun, which is seen as a center of spiritual insight and vision associated with light, the light of the creator, okay? So Mercury is the first planet orbiting the sun. He is also, it is also the planet with the fastest orbit of any other planet around the sun. I believe it's about 70, approximately 79 days It is one of its years. 70, 79 Earth days is one of Mercury's years, meaning it makes a complete revolution about the sun in 79 days. So therefore, Mercury was also seen as the closest to the sun, therefore the one who is conveying the knowledge or the light uh, the most directly. Therefore, he was considered a messenger of God, God's son, etc. Okay? Um, people have often asked, does the word hermit derive from hermetic? And I don't think it directly per se derives from that, but I think there is a synchromistic connection to the word hermit. If you look at the tarot tradition and the tarot card number nine of the trumps of the major arcana, we've looked at this in the past on this show, that is the hermit card, and he holds the lamp of wisdom. He is setting off. He wears a gray robe, and he is setting off on a path of self-discovery. Okay, he knows that he is in spiritual darkness, but has the desire to go forth and discover the principles of natural law the secrets of nature, if you will, that which has been occulted from us because, one, they are, these are non-physical laws, okay? So they're, they're more difficult to see when we are only relying upon our physical senses for the intake of information and not our intuitive nature, our intuition, okay? Secondly, they're hidden by earthly forces because 
those in possession of this knowledge, as I've already said, wish to keep this knowledge from people to wield it as a weapon against them. Those who are in ignorance of these principles are at a distinct disadvantage to those who know them and may wish to use that information as a power differential. And that's what the dark occult is. The dark occultists have this information, they know it well, they know it in fullness, and yet they actually use it as a weapon against people who they attempt to keep in ignorance of these principles. Because the knowledge of these principles is personal empowerment. That's why I'm presenting it as the main solution in our solutions-oriented approaches toward recovering human freedom. And letting it actually flower and come to a, a fuller expression. All right? So that's what the term hermetic, at least as I see it, re truly means. And yes, it is related with the hermit. Not only because he is the seeker of truth and the seeker of natural law knowledge, but because in the ancient world, this information certainly would have, the, the search for this information certainly would have made you somewhat of a hermit. Because they had a lot more difficult of a time than we do, folks, with accessing this type of information. Today, you can go online, type anything you want to know, and you'll have it on your screen in, in moments. They would have basically died for that level of capability of learning. And imagine, only 20 years ago, how hard knowledge was to come by. You would have had to walk or drive or bike to a library and then go through a card catalog Try to find the book, okay, by topic or author, then locate it in the large space of the library, and then go and hope that that book was present and it wasn't checked out and that you would be able to sit with it for a while or check it out of the library and take it home. Um, and people who wanted knowledge, they needed to do that back then. Now, it's as easy as a few keyboard strokes and information pops up on a screen in front of you. Um, in the ancient past, it was even more difficult. You might have had a journey for weeks or even months to get to the location where knowledge was housed or to speak with teachers who were in possession of that knowledge. And it was a journey of, of love. It was a, a labor of love in order to do that. And again, since some of this knowledge was forbidden at that time, it was a risk to one's own life. One's own life and limb was at risk for even seeking out that knowledge and certainly for attempting to communicate it at even darker times in human history than we live in right now. So again, we need to see this as an opportunity that this occult knowledge now has the ability to come into the light of day, become de-occulted, and be used as a form of personal empowerment for our species. And unfortunately, very sadly, we're also living in a time where many people don't want this knowledge and want to do anything they can to reject it or to um, stay outside of its scope and remain in ignorance so they don't have the responsibility of helping to change our world for the better. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break and we will be getting into a couple of phone calls so callers hold on the line and we'll also be getting into our discussion of natural law principles on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Stay with us, folks.
Okay, folks, we are back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today, talking about natural law principles here on the show. And before the break, we were talking about one of the traditions from which some of these principles are derived or from which they were carried in the ancient past, how difficult that was to do at darker times in human history when this knowledge was even more outlawed than it is now, if you could even imagine that. So what I would like to do right now to begin this topic of discussion is to talk about initiation because that's ultimately also what this show is about, the initiation into hidden knowledge and the reasons for initiations for undertaking it, how we need to set the ego aside in order to do that, how the underlying drive for wisdom must be based in a deep desire for truth and a deep desire for harmony with natural law principles in order to create true order in the world, not this fake controlled order that the dominators of this planet want to see come about, and it it is already here to a large extent, but um, it has to be done because we truly resonate with truth, okay? And the ego can't be there in order to do that because the ego is always going to be saying, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Okay? And we see all too many false teachers like that out there, you know, who are always about what's in it for them versus whether this is actually going to help our species evolve in consciousness, okay? So there is a book that I posted with last week's podcast called The Stellar Man, The Stellar Man by John Baines. And I'd like to read a quote about the initiation into the mystery traditions that Uh, John Baines writes in the book, The Stellar Man. So I'm going to take most of this segment to do that. This is called a message from Isis. As we talked about last week, Isis is the goddess of higher consciousness, of love, of natural law, of the sacred feminine. Wisdom, in other words. Wisdom, meaning actually acting upon knowledge when it is right, when it is moral, when it is in keeping with natural law. Okay? So, this is called a message from Isis. I, Isis, mistress of the mysteries of nature, speak to you. You, novice, who seeks to go through the gates of initiation... And you, layman, who will read with idle curiosity, calm your spirit, clear your mind, calm your emotions, get away from worldly noises, and look for shelter under the mantle of your own self, so you may cross the threshold that leads to the abode of the magicians with no danger. Cast away your prejudices, shed your egotism. Flee from personalism and rashness for an instant. Analyze with serene eyes. 
Do not fear aught but yourself. Do not doubt but that which you analyze superficially. Do not deny before meditating. Separate yourself from the multitude that obscures your ideas. Be yourself and think for yourself. Do not limit yourself. You, seeker of wonder, you, candidate for initiation, do not look into the distance. Gather all your energy within yourself. Forget about India and Tibet. Do not cry out for God, Allah, or Jesus. What you look for is right where you are at this moment. Yes, stop looking toward the outside and bury your sight deeply within yourself. Tune your perceptions, sharpen your senses, and there in the center of your being are you, your I, your real essence, the truth behind lies, the immortal energy that gives life to the clay that is you. Look with devotion and reverence because there is light and the light that blinds you is God. Listen to how it decrees, I am the road and the life, but beware. You cannot contemplate God face to face without dying. Are you willing to continue? I can grant you a great gift. I offer you death. Do not tremble. This death is the gift of the immortals. It is the gift of the phoenix that is gloriously reborn from its own ashes. To be, one must not be. To be born and to be, one must first die. If you achieve this, you will be called the twice-born. Do not scorn my offer. Consider it carefully. It is better to die now than to live awaiting death. Do not believe that if you reject me, you will be able to continue your path unharmed. On the contrary, all paths lead to me. Ignore, ignore me and you will be like an orphan who does not know its parents. You only have two paths. Either I devour you or you unite with me. Yours and only yours is the choice. If you decide to be devoured, fully dedicate your life to enjoyment. Drink the last drop from the cup of pleasure. Close your mind to the voice of your spirit. Abandon yourself to the beast and enjoy the sensual pleasures of matter. Thus, when you are least aware, the moment of final cannibalism will arrive. Do you really believe that I will take pity on you? You deceive yourself. I have no feelings. I am beyond pleasure and pain, beyond right and wrong. I am like the sun that rises in the morning to light everything equally. After your death, you will become only remains and a relic. Afterwards, not even that. If you desire to marry me, you must be ready to suffer the death of initiation. You must pass the trials the terrible Sphinx will send you without mercy in order to judge your spiritual courage and the quality of your nature. I surrender myself only to he who has reached the stage of crucifixion, resisting the attacks of the four elements. 
I love only those who have drunk from the cup of bitterness, of betrayal, of ridicule and mockery, of persecutions, of slander, and of defamation. I love the initiates who have persisted with courage, suffering the loneliness of the spirit in the midst of a world of animals. You come to me after experiencing slander and defamation, which are the specific trials of the element of air. After blows and persecution, the trials of the element of earth. After sensual temptation and vices, which are the trials of the element of water. And after dominating uncontrolled ambitions, which are the trials of fire. This quaternary corresponds to each of the ends of the cross to which one who came to me was nailed, Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, others even greater have lived and live in secret. No one knows of their existence because it is better for their work. Do not believe that in the world there exists only the once born and the twice born. Unfortunately, the once and a half born and the aborted ones also exist. Beware not to be taken in by their con- convincing lies and Machiavellian language. These beings live neither in this world nor the next. They are neither initiates nor laymen, but imitators of masters, semi-sages, sowers with unclean hands, the followers of dead scrolls and black magicians who covet me and boast of my love when they are not even worthy of my smile. Some may wear saris or tunics, others collars and aprons, others the Rosicrucian attire. Some proclaim themselves the only possessors of the truth, believing that they actually possess this monopoly. All of them claim my friendship, but are only beggars who plead to me for crumbs of wisdom. You do not achieve second birth by standing on your head or meditating, nor in the coffin of purely symbolic ceremonies, nor by good works or the grace of the Holy Spirit. If you disdain me, receive my blessings, and continue on your road destined to be food for the gods. I will pause right there. We'll pick this up on the other side. There's two paragraphs remaining. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We are beginning a look at the general principles of natural law here on the show today. And I was reading a quote, a few paragraphs from the book called The Stellar Man. The Stellar Man, S-T-E-L-L-A-R as in of the stars, okay? The Stellar Man by John Baines. It's actually posted to my website as a PDF document on podcast number 73 on the podcast page of whatonearthishappening.com. We were reading a quote, we were reading a uh, segment from uh, part of his book, The Stellar Man, called A Message from Isis. Isis, of course, the goddess of wisdom, the goddess of natural law, okay, the goddess of love energy. So we were talking about um, 
that she was ta talking about that there are false teachers out there, black magicians, who want this knowledge for themselves, who come to it f for, for egoic purposes, not to really truly teach humanity how to come up in consciousness and better themselves and create a world filled with more freedom, not more enslavement. Okay, so there's two paragraphs left. I'm going to go back to this reading and then we'll jump in uh, to a couple of phone calls. So here we go, continuing with a message from Isis. She says, if you disdain me, receive my blessings and continue on your road destined to be food for the gods. Not all can be men. Some can only be animals or worse, vegetables. If you come to me through curiosity, think twice. It is easy to be rash with what one does not know. If you are not brave enough, turn back. Shield yourself with your vanity and your pride. Content yourself to look down at the ground like your kin. If you are not prepared, do not aspire to see my face. Unfortunate is he who, possessed by animal greed or misguided curiosity, contemplates only my reflection, as he will never forget me and will die tormented by the desire to possess me. If you are prepared, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, if your intention is pure and noble, proceed without discouragement and know that from the moment you cross the threshold of the occult abode, I will be anxiously awaiting you like the young bride for her first love. Seek and you will find. Do not pray to the gods. Fight for me. That is extraordinarily powerful, ladies and gentlemen. A message from the goddess, and I believe that's almost like a channeled message from the deepest subconscious recesses of the sacred feminine force itself that Mr. Haynes there was almost uh, channeling through automatic writing. That's what I believe that came from. That came from a place beyond the brain, even beyond the heart of a human being. That came from the deep recesses of nature herself which that individual had to somehow get in touch with to bring something like that forward. That's natural law speaking its message to us and beseeching us. Don't continue to go down the road you're on. It leads nowhere. It leads to destruction. And that's it. That's all there really is. We choose the natural law path or we choose the path of chaos and destruction. Okay, so I'll leave that there and I want to direct everybody to the site and to the images up there because I'm going to actually now start looking into some of the principles. We'll do that. We, I think I have a couple of callers on the line. We do. Let's do that first. We'll go to the calls, then we'll jump into this because I'm interested to hear from some people and see what they have to say on what's already been said here. So here we go. Caller, you're live on what on earth is happening. Hi, how's it going? Good. Um, oh, I was wondering if you're familiar with Terrence McKenna's work. I um, love Terrence McKenna. He is actually are, one of my favorite teachers <laughs> out there. Are you familiar with um, linguistic diseases? 
linguistic diseases? Yeah. Um, specifically, what kind? Well, it's a it's a vague term. It's one of uh, it's a term that Terrence McKenna uses for people that are in epistemological cartoons. Okay. That's his own words, basically. <clears throat> but certain like cultural belief systems and and um, other stuff like that, I believe, causes certain linguistic diseases. Like, well, for example, in South America, the there's a tribe that. Um, they have a linguistic disease that's that the uh, the symptoms of the linguistic disease are bad luck. Okay, I, I'm I'm trying well, to. Think. I was wondering if you felt thing? like yes. possibly that you were a victim of these linguistic diseases through such indoctrinations into Freemasonry and etc. No, not at all. I, I have not been indoctrinated into any specific belief system. That's what I was trying to say. I don't have a tradition or a set of beliefs. I try to go through the different traditions that are out there and into well, it, it seemed like you had trouble describing that ISIS story that you were just saying. I and had also trouble describing most most truths are often found in fewer words. I wasn't, I wasn't really <laughs> describing anything. I was reading a passage from a book that is posted to my site. No, I mean, after you read it, you were like, this is blah, blah, blah. But really, if it was from anywhere, it would be from the spirit world. And it seemed like you had trouble, like, summing that up. That's, I believe that's basically what I said. It came from the deep recesses of nature herself. That is yeah, nature herself is different, though, than from the, the generic term for the spirit world. You're talking about a, a goddess of nature. It's a, sim it's you, a symbol. You're taking things well, to... Well, I don't think you, you remember certain things that Terrence McKenna said about nature. Like, nature is very... Like, in alchemy, nature is... Um, it's, it's very like abrasive, like like it, it um, dissolves things. Like if you live in the jungle, you're not going to be able to have books for very long because they're going to get eaten by the. Well, this is what is said, This is such. what was said by that message of ISIS that she doesn't have feelings. That it is law herself. This is something. Yeah, that but to 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 give people the idea require, that it doesn't require our belief. But you don't understand that the mystery schools, that's their doctrine. And when you're speaking that, you're speaking an incantation that's affecting the minds of the listeners. Well, sir, it sounds it sounds like that you've already made up your mind about what is actually taking place and you think that there's no such thing as positive hidden teachings that can benefit humanity. I would suggest that that is a form of indoctrination and deciding to put your own consciousness into a box and not look outside of limited indoctrinated belief systems that it sounds like you subscribe to. And like I said, I don't have a religion. I don't have something that holds me back, which is the definition of the word religion. If you want to look into linguistics, look into the actual etymology of that word, okay? Because the religions that are out there, which I see this is where this was leading to, is are all created by the dark occultists. And I've been over this on the show many, many times. So if that's where you want to stay, go right ahead. I personally want to look past all of those deceptions, all of those limitations for consciousness, and try to get to the truth of the workings of nature itself, because that's how one grows in consciousness. That's how one truly prospers, and that's how one evolves spiritually. So, let's go to another call. Here we go. 
Okay, there's the intro music for this break. We'll pick up with more of your calls on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. We'll be right back, folks. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, we're talking about the general principles of natural law. We'll be outlining them and beginning to get into them. I don't know how far through that we'll get. We'll probably pick that up next week because I'm really going to unpack them slowly and attempt to delve into them in a lot of detail. So, you know, uh, the last caller, you know, I believe is typical of people who are in a fearful mind state, unfortunately, who think that all knowledge that is contained within the occult world is evil. They've bought into the mind control of words, exactly what he was talking about. The mind control of words is relating one word to another with, a, with, a, with another concept without that actually being the real meaning or definition of that word. So you equate by repetition the word occult with evil. Okay, when in fact all the word occult means, as we've said so many times on this show that it's almost sickening, all occult means is hidden. That's it. It comes from the Latin verb occultare, meaning to hide or to conceal or to keep hidden. And therefore, it is creating a dichotomy in the person's mind. Yes, they want good things. They're not evil by their nature. And so you've equated the word occult with the word evil in their perception. Therefore, they don't want to look into it because they see it as a bad thing. And in doing so, in refusing to look at it, they're remaining in the ignorance of all of the principles that the dark occultists already know and are using against them to keep them as a slave. And we're too psychologically immature to realize this and grow up and do our own studies and our own research and go wherever the truth leads because we're kept confined by these systems of control called religious beliefs. And that's all they're there for. And I'm telling you who created these systems. The Satanists and dark Luciferians controlled those systems just for you. They created those systems they created those systems so that you would not look into the knowledge that they possess and know the same information, the same knowledge that your owners have and are using to keep you in a cage. Let's go to another call. Here we go. Caller, you're on What on Earth is Happening. Please uh, talk about or ask questions related to natural law principles. If, if you will, that's the topic for discussion specifically today. Thank you. Hello? Yes, you're live on the air. Okay, hi, this is Chris. Uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are good. you? I'm good. Yeah, I, I like that uh, ISIS thing that you uh, quoted. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, I, I study the tarot, too. Okay. And uh, and I actually, I'm actually drawing my own cards from from the actual cards. That's great. 
make yeah. my own copy. I think that's uh, an exercise that can really help somebody to gain a deep understanding of the concepts that are contained within the tarot tradition. So that's pretty good. That that tells me you've probably studied it enough that you want to uh, gain some more insight through actually making your own deck. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it's very good. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, with uh, natural law, like... Uh, just want to give them like an example at how far gone we are <laughs> like on the radio uh like like on uh like advertisements or whatever uh um the uh the radio host said that you have to ask permission from the government to plant the garden unbelievable like Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> that does show you how far gone we are from the principles of natural law, unfortunately. Well, sir, I thank yeah. you for the call. We're out of time on this segment. This was a short segment. We'll be picking it up on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. Stay with us. This is What on Earth is Happening. Okay, we're back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Natural law is the topic of discussion for today's show. We're going to be delving into the principles of natural law. We have a couple other callers on the line, so let's go to the phones. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us here today? Hello? Yes, you're live on the air, sir. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, my name's Chad. I'm calling from Germany. Uh, just a couple things. I, I want to say I read that this book you listed on your site, uh, Stellar Theology and Masonic Astronomy. Yes. That was, uh, this that was, was on amazing. a podcast on uh, astrotheology, I believe. Yeah, this was amazing. I, you know, I, I can't look at religion and these things the same way ever, because this book just breaks it down, shows how it all relates to the stars, and, you know, I feel tricked, <laughs> you know? Well, at least you're awake to it now, sir. And you have to understand that that's, that's only the intermediary veil that is walling you off from the real esoteric tradition that religion was supposed to be about conveying originally. Again, you have to go deeper and get down to the allegory of self that this is actually really based upon. Okay. Uh, so, and so one don't, more don't, quick don't question. It's all just astrotheology. The astrotheology is actually a story about the self. If you listen to my podcast sure. on astrotheology, I touch upon that. Sure, but the, the, the reality is, is they're essentially lying to people and controlling them by uh, altering the story in a way that people don't self-identify. That's right. You have it. You got it exactly. That's exactly it. And. Thanks. Um, and the other thing is, you know that they uh, blocked off the image of Sirius on Google Sky? I did not. But do, can you think of any uh, reason the quote-unquote Illuminati would do this? They don't. They, they, they actually, and if you go to Google Sky, you can't see an image of Sirius in the software? Yeah, no, when you zoom into it, they, mm -hmm. they covered it up. Like, they, like, it's like they did something in Photoshop where they cut a circle around it and they yeah. covered it up. So you can't actually see it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible that they don't currently have in their database an image of resolution that you could zoom in that far. I don't want to speak to something specifically when I, I don't 
actually know that that's that's happening or that there's some kind of conspiracy to not have people be able to look at the star Sirius with any kind of uh, um, magnification. So uh, I'll I'll look into it myself and see, and I can give you a report and see what I what I make of that. But uh, I, I don't know too much about that right now. Okay, cool. Okay, thanks so much. And and by the way, I've been studying uh, you know uh, this kind of information, spirituality, my whole life. And uh, you know you've got you've put out some of the best presentations ever. So I'm very thankful for that. I feel like uh, you know a student wandering in the wild who finally found a good place to uh, get some lessons. So thank you very much. Well, sorry. Thank you so much. Thanks for the, the great compliment there. And uh, keep up your, your journey and your search for truth. That's what it's all about. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay, here we go. Vicky in Winnipeg. Vicky in Winnipeg, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us here today? Hi, Mark. Um, I just wanted to say I really enjoy your shows. I have a couple... Um, inquiries and sure. questions. <laughs> uh, and plus, you've been a big help. I just wanted to say that. Um, uh, okay, the first one would be, I'm sort of confused about non-dualism. Yes. And how we live in a world of duality. And, yes. Um, We're going to talk evil. about that here today when we get into what is known as um, the uh, principle of polarity, which is one of the principles of natural law and how this is simply perceived polarities to have experiences here in the physical realm. So we will be getting into that and going, uh, going forward into a detailed discussion on that when we get to the uh, fourth general principle of natural law, which is the okay. principle of polarity. Okay, so you'll probably... I will touch that on later. that. I'll, that'll, that will be answering <laughs> that, that concern, hopefully. All right. Um, and the other one is recently... Um, people I know have been in touch with uh, the goddess Isis and they've been doing like moon rituals and like praying to her okay. and uh, some of this I'm uh, I, I'm trying to accept it I'm, I'm very open I'm like okay well you can do what you do uh, but at the same time it's like okay Vicky we want to find these crystal skulls and then save the world and then that gets me into like okay you're externalizing this Yes, that's exactly, what, that's exactly what that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're externalizing something that is within. Again, Isis's uh, request at the beginning of that little uh, channeled type of piece of channeled writing there was all about going within. The answer doesn't lie out there. The answer lies in here. Uh, getting in touch with the true self is the way to help uh, the understanding of natural law unfold within an individual. And uh, that's what her first um, request was, that we go within, that we not look outside. And her final request was, don't pray to the gods or seek anything outside of yourself. Fight for me, which means really go within, understand natural law, and then try to make, try to make that na those natural law principles have roots here on the earth. Sow them out there, help them to grow on fertile soil, meaning communicate this knowledge to other people, and fight for the truth. That's what she meant. Oh, I see. Okay, well, then I'm kind of worried about um, my friends because they are like, oh, we have it all figured out. And she's like, I feel like Jesus right now. I'm like, okay. It's <laughs> kind of scared. To, to, me, to me, that level of externalization is all about 
looking outside of oneself for answers and uh, kind of abdicating personal responsibility. I talk about the goddess principle. I talk about Isis or what any of our m many other names. You could probably find 40 or 50 other names she was referred to in the ancient world. But it's a symbol. I don't, I'm not worshiping an individual by any stretch of the imagination. This is a symbol, and it's a symbol of the, the actual laws that govern this reality. They, they are in place for our benefit, our spiritual uplift, and our, our evolution as a species. And if we grasp them firmly in hand and in the mind and in the heart, there's nothing we can't accomplish here. You know, it's um, the, the stars literally are the limit if we come to this understanding, this spiritual understanding of natural law principles. So the goddess to me represents a symbol, and it, more importantly, it represents an inner quality of the individual. Okay, and I just learned symbols, like, can be whatever you really put meaning to them, and they, they take on a world of their own. Yes, they can. Yeah, that's that's like a meme, an idea that takes root and and you know forms itself, and you know basically uh, then takes on a life of its own. And there are some good positive memes, and there's memes that don't serve us. It's all about finding which of those entrenched ideas or ideas that are picking up steam are actually rooted in natural law and truth, and going with those, and then shedding the ones that aren't serving us because they're not really rooted in natural law and truth. And if they're rooted in natural law, everything else will just flow correctly. I believe so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, you're. I'm just really thankful for um, everything that you've done and all the books I have to read now. I don't know how I'm gonna. The do stuff that. I've posted on my site is just a little taste. I mean, these are these are ones I went through, thought applied to the ideas I talk about pretty well, and are not overly complicated or, or overly verbose and wanted to just give people a taste but there's so much more out there I want to thank you for the call so much we'll pick this up on the other side of the break folks don't go anywhere this is what on earth is happening Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We have one more caller on the line. So I'm going to go to him or her, and then I want to say a couple other things before we begin unpacking these ideas. So here we go. Caller, you're live on What on yes. Earth is Happening. Hello? Yes. How are you? Yes, good afternoon. Um... Great. I've, I've been listening to you for a few months now, and the topic of religion is very interesting. I make a few notations on books and stuff. Yes. They're still there. I wanted to ask you, because you seem to know a um, profound knowledge of things, I wanted to ask you about the old religions of Africa okay. that have come over that came over to the new world during slavery times, like what we have today in the Caribbean, yes. um, and stuff like that. Can you tell me more about that? 
you know, I don't have too I don't have too much in-depth knowledge about that specifically, but what I can tell you is that uh, the African continent has some of the oldest esoteric traditions in the world. And I believe that uh, this is truly the cradle of civilization here on the earth, and ultimately that's why the Moorish legacy is so suppressed by the dominators of this planet. Uh, I think, of course, Egypt was in Africa. Okay, um, the traditions that actually predated Egypt that gave all of their knowledge to the ancient Egyptians were certainly from Africa. These, uh, this knowledge was exported over the Mediterranean into Greece and the Greek mystery traditions, which is where a lot of the Hermetic tradition that I'm basically going to be talking about some of these laws uh, where they derive from, and um, or I should say the discoveries, and then they were put down into in that tradition and then conveyed from, from there, from the, the Greek mystery traditions. But um, one of the mo most interesting places to look is in uh, South and Central America, uh, where I believe some of these seafaring civilizations uh, went across the Atlantic and settled in, and even also across the Pacific from the Asian continent as well. Um, you look at the Olmec civilization, of, of central Mexico, which I had the uh, pleasure to visit when Barb and I uh, took a cross-country trip across Mexico and visited uh, a, a ton of the ancient sites down there. Um, uh, the Olmec civilization, these uh, large stone heads that they placed there, clearly have African features, and they are not Mesoamerican facial features. So uh, I believe that uh, this civilization was uh, a global one and basically took its knowledge to the far corners of, of the earth. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's again, it's, uh, this knowledge is, is basically eternal. It's here with us. It's always been here with us. It's ancient. It's, um, it doesn't uh, limit okay. itself to any continent, to any culture, to any civilization. Um, but specifically, I do believe the ancient African peoples were one of the carriers of this information. Let me ask you this. Um were were they were they always patriarchal or were they matriarchal and how come they they the vast majority yes. of them happen to be patriarchal now? Right, they have gone. This has gone through a swing. I would recommend a book called The Chalice and the Blade by Rianne Eisler. It's a, an excellent uh, discussion on the dichotomy between uh, patriarchal and matriarchal societies and how we have undergone this pendulum swing from matriarchy to patriarchy, certainly. What we need is the perfect balance or blending between these so that there is no rulership except self-rulership, which is a blending internally within each one of us in our own psyches between the masculine and feminine forces or the uniting of the chalice and blade. And I I'd recommend going back to some of the earliest podcasts that I've done where I, we talk about the human brain and the, the sacred masculine and feminine qualities within each one of us and how the uh, goal of, of higher consciousness is to unite those two forces within the individual. Now, um, speaking about that, how come they say that females cannot do or perform certain things within the creed and males cannot perform certain things amongst the created as well. Does that have to do with the with the article? It it definitely has to do with this split, with this dichotomy that we're undergoing 
and uh, this schism between masculine and feminine energies and the polarity shifting toward the dominance of male energy. This is why we say, well, females are more intuitive. Well, as in the, in the macrocosm, the, the male dominator society wishes to suppress the intuitive energies because that's what we need to rely upon to really uh, forge further discovery of truth. Okay, so they're seeking but to keep that feminine aspect, that sacred feminine aspect suppressed. So it's a reflection. But okay, but is is this now or or has that has been from the beginning of time? I don't think so. I, I would say not since the beginning of time. I would say it it's been this way for what in my estimation I would consider tens of thousands of years. Oh, and wow. and we need we need to work diligently to bring this back to a place of balance, not to get it to shift toward the other opposite extreme, but to bring it to the middle point. And that middle point really is ultimately about balancing those energies within ourselves. See, we stop doing that work and taking the responsibility to do that work within ourselves, and that's why you see these extremes of uh, polarities between dominating energies, whether they be the the, the female dominant or in the, in our case now in the current uh, civilization in the male dominant uh, variety. So it's all about balancing the internal aspects of each one of us, which is called the chemical wedding, bringing these forces together in um, a synergy, okay? And we're going to specifically be talking about in future weeks brain balancing techniques as a solutions-oriented approach to the problems that we're undergoing in our civilization because this is something that many people ask me to do, specifically address the, uh, the one brain hemispherical uh, dominance versus another and how we can bring that to, to centeredness or to balance. And that's ultimately also what this is all about. It's about that finding that balance point between those energies within ourselves. So I want to really thank you for the great call, brought up a lot of great points. So... Let's I'd love you to, um, to, uh, to, to please tell us the name, the name of the book that deals with the stars in relation to the religions here. Yeah, he was talking about stellar theology and Masonic astronomy. And I, the author's name just escapes my, my mind right now. If you go to my podcast page, okay, and you look at the podcasts that I did on astrotheology astro theology okay you will see that in somewhere in in that section about religion and astro theology i posted a whole bunch of books in pdf format one of them is called um a stellar astrology and masonic astronomy i believe or something to that effect and that's the book that that gentleman was referring to that talks about how religion is based upon astro theology okay excellent great Can thank you, you. yes Sometime explain to us the, the the difference between the left and the right um, hemisphere of the brain. Yes, that is done. I, I would recommend, ma'am, that you go to the early podcasts on my podcast page, and we've covered that topic in quite some detail in the earlier podcasts. You'll see uh, the the human brain, uh, the triune brain, the polarities. All of that is actually discussed there in the earlier podcast. I'd recommend actually going back to podcast number one and catching up all the way through from where you, the point where you started listening to the to the show, and you'll see that it unfolds in a very orderly progression. At least I've attempted to make it an orderly progression for people to uh, gain an understanding of what's actually going on. So I want to thank you for the call. 
And um, that's all the time we have for in this segment. So in the next segment, I know we've done a lot of building to this point. We're going to start breaking down the actual general principles of natural law in the last half hour of the show. And then we'll pick this up next week, folks. So uh, a lot of build up to it, but we're going to actually get into the meat of the matter because uh, this is stuff that takes a while to unpack. So stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Looking for new... You won't stop us from conveying the deepest held occult knowledge that has been used to control this world for thousands of years. No matter what is threatened. Because this is the truth of how this realm operates and how possessing the knowledge of natural law, we can create a future that we can scarcely dream of right now in comparison to how things are right now. And I mean for the better. Without the kind of self-inflicted suffering that we see all around us. And yes, these will be heady topics and abstract topics. And, you know, as I said before, I think I do a fairly decent job of unpacking these topics in some detail and doing it in an orderly way and in a progression that helps people to understand them. But, you know, I'm not infallible. You know, I don't uh, always explain every single concept the best way it can be. I do my best. I'm not reading from a script here, ladies and gentlemen, like a lot of the news readers, the repeaters out there on TV are. I'm speaking from the heart, okay? So, you know, a lot of people want to hear the most eloquent, perfectly structured language, you know, that is spoken in pleasing term, uh, pleasing uh, tones, but that isn't my style. It's rough, it's raw, it's from the heart, and it's done with the in the best way that I know how to do it, and that's it. So... You know, if you want those pleasing tones spoken with the beautiful, eloquent language and, you know, uh, uh, appealing to all of your delicate sensibilities, then go watch the nightly news where well, they'll give you a world of lies that will keep you in a prison cell for the rest of your existence and then some. So, you know, most people want soundbite information conveyance. They don't want topics unpacked with any depth. You know, they want, they want, you know, say it as quick as possible with as least information possible because that's all I have time for. Well, then the path of true wisdom isn't for you and I'd suggest going elsewhere. Okay, that doesn't mean that we need to be overly verbose either. We need to get straight to the point and tell it like it is, but do it in a way that it can be deeply understood by someone. So... Part of it is, you know, when we get into this specifically, the topic of natural law, I guarantee you people will be coming out of the woodwork because when, you know, as they say, when you're over the target, you get the flack, okay? This is what the occultists don't want known, these general principles. And more than that, they don't want the actual expressions of how natural law works known to anyone. They want more chaos erupting through the ignorance of natural law. 
Because the more we ignore it and the more we trounce on other people's natural law rights, the more chaos erupts into this realm. And that's what the dominators want because they want to manage that chaos so that they come out in control. It's very simple. So let's begin the unpacking of the general principles of natural law. As we said last week when we started the introduction of this topic, natural law is inherent. It has a basis in nature, in reality, and in truth. It's not made or caused by humanity. It's pre-existing. It was here before we were here. Okay? It's a, an existing condition that is binding. It means we're bound by it whether we like it or not. Nature's laws are not up for debate. They're also not dependent on belief. Okay? They're, they don't require our belief in order to exist and operate. They are immutable, meaning that they are unchanging. As long as the universe exists, these principles and the, the ways that these laws operate will also exist. It's up to us to discover them, accept them as boundary conditions for our growth and development. They are not prison conditions. This place is not a prison cell as the dark occultists believe and would like to have other people believe. It is a construct for spiritual experience. Okay, and just because these conditions are immutable doesn't mean they're punishments. They're guidelines to have a peaceful and prosperous existence in this realm. So, last week we said that natural law is ultimately expressed through seven basic principles, which we're going to begin to unpack today and then continue to unpack next week. Principles mean first things. They means the most important things, the things that values are based upon or that they should be based upon, the things we consider important and valuable and that we put first before anything else. Those who know and adhere to these principles possess the key to unlock the prison cell door. That's it. That's what we're looking for here. We want the key, the magic master key that unlocks all the locks on all the doors, on all the cage cell doors. That's what we're looking for, that key to true freedom. And the understanding of the principles of natural law is that very key. And through that key, the wisdom of this universe is unveiled unto us. And ultimately, if you really get down to it, as we said already, this is truly deep knowledge of self, of the true self, the higher self, the spiritual self. It's independent of belief. I put a couple of slides up on the, on the images section that talk about belief being irrelevant to an understanding and a deep comprehension of natural law. Natural law doesn't care about whether you believe in it, as that reading toward ISIS said. Um, I don't, you think I have feelings in the way that you understand feelings? This is, these are law principles. That's it. You know, it's like you break them and there are consequences. That's it. People have called this many different things. Karma is one of the big things that it's been called throughout the ages. Okay. So I have a, a slide image number five on the website today is uh, natural law, also known as what would have people attributed this collection of laws and called it? You know, they've, they've basically given it simp simplifying names in the past. They've called it the law of cause and effect. 
This is simply one of its principles, but people have attributed so much importance to that one aspect of it that they've simply called natural law cause and effect, okay? Meaning that effect, the manifestation of, of what actually occurs, invariably follows a prime cause, something that set that manifestation into motion, okay? So effect invariably follows a cause. There must be a cause for there to be effect in manifestation. This has also been said in a scientific way that for every action there exists an equal and opposite reaction. There's a reason for everything. Nothing is by chance. There are no accidents. There are no true coincidences. There are reasons that things are the way that they are. And those reasons can be discovered. It's also been called, natural law has also been called the law of attraction by many people. This is popular in the New Age research community. But uh, it's also a very good way of looking at it, that we attract what we put out into the universe. The universe is an intelligent field, an intelligent interactive field through which we experience things, learn, and grow. And what we put into that field is what the field actually becomes and then rearranges and reorganizes itself and then displays back to us. So it's showing us at all times where we are like a gigantic mirror. I said last week jokingly, I could come on here, you want really quick, um, a real quick lesson and something that doesn't require much unpacking at all, if words, you know, too many words uh, make you nervous, well, natural law is a gigantic mirror. Good night. That's it. That's what you really need to understand. That's what the intelligent field that's all around us, that we're a part of, not just around us, we're in it. That's what it is. It's a huge mirror. So the energy that you emit, that you put out, is the energy that you attract unto yourself. It's been also said that energy flows where our attention goes. The quality of our attention dictates the quality of our experience. How awake are we? How conscious are we of these laws and their effects? Are we truly taking responsibility, understanding that there are consequences to our behavior, or are we just living unconsciously? See, because these laws are the ways we create the reality around us collectively. It doesn't matter whether we're conscious of them or not. It doesn't matter whether we believe in them or not. They are in operation. We are bound by them. We are creating our experience through our adherence to them or our ignorance of them. Period. The end. The law of attraction has also stated the generative principle of as you think, so you shall be. Showing the knowledge that thought is ultimately the basis for our experience, for any everything that ultimately manifests in this domain. And it's also been called karma or moral law. We'll look at that on the other side of the break and then we'll outline the natural law principles. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Stay with us. Right back, folks. We're back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening, final segment here today on this edition. Talking about natural law and some of the other forms that it is known as, the, the terminology that is often used. One of them we were talking about before the break 
the law of attraction and there's this watered down version of the law of attraction that's popular in the new age communities the new age movement uh, that is I believe uh, a cul-de-sac for people to wander down aimlessly um, without a real deep understanding of what this true law of attraction really is and you know they appeal to the ego in order to do that uh, getting people to think, oh, just you yourself are creating the collective reality. And, you know, you, uh, the idea toward, to, for learning this natural law is rooted in ego because you want things or you want money or you want success, okay? And th that's completely, uh, you know, in, in worldly sense you want success. And that, that is completely the wrong way of looking at the law of attraction. This is a watered-down um, version, variant of this teaching. What the law of attraction is saying when it talks about as you think so you shall be, they're talking about us collectively. As our consciousness wanes and we don't really understand natural law and so we're deeply rooted in ego, we are going to form together to co-create a more enslaved society. As our consciousness evolves and opens up and flowers and reaches higher and higher expressions and deeper understandings of natural law and the true rights of humanity and living beings everywhere, well then, so our society will evolve in a similar way and become more and more free. That's what this means. It's not, it doesn't mean that I individually, Mark Passio, am creating the manifested universe around me. This is bunk. This is utter nonsense. And anybody that thinks of that as such is delusional and crazy because they think they're God. You're not creating the universe. You're a part of the universe. You're in the universe. Okay? We are collectively as a species creating the experience of our shared reality, of the quality of our shared experience here on earth by how we think as a species. That's what this means. Okay? So, another variant of the natural law principles is simply karmic law. S simply put, karma. A, wor a, a, a Sanskrit word meaning action. Okay? Because our behaviors are based upon our thoughts and emotions and then we ultimately move them into an outward expression or an outward manifestation called our actions or our behavior and that's what actually creates the reality that we experience that's why action is so important in this dynamic it's the most important thing that's why our actions must be in keeping in harmony with natural law principles and if they're not we create chaos or in other words, we reap what we sow. Okay, again, the field of energy, the dynamic, living, creative field of energy that we exist in will restructure and reorganize itself according to the laws that it was created through to give us the experience that we have chosen and we fully deserve based on how we think, feel, and act. It's, it's actually quite simple. It's almost laughable. You, you could put it in such simple terms. Do good things, good things will happen, your quality of your experience will be good. Do bad things, bad things will happen and the ultimate quality of your experience will be bad. It's so simple, it's laughable. And people complicate it 
and want to make it into something that it's not. But ultimately, that's how natural law works at the very easiest first grade level of understanding it. Very simple. Not complex, really. Easy from our current mind-controlled conditions to understand and live in harmony with? No, not easy. Simple, yes. Easy is a whole different ball game. Where we've the corner we've worked ourselves into right now that we've painted ourselves into, I'd say the understanding and living in harmony with natural law may be quite hard or difficult. It may require a lot of courage, we're considering where we're at collectively as a species right now. And ultimately, natural law can be summed up in another very brilliant synthesis, which a master teacher, in a way that a master teacher put it, and this is, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself, or what is simply known as the golden rule. And because that is the path to higher consciousness, that way of living in the world, of being in the world, is the path to alchemical, spiritual gold. That's, that's all of the riches that we ever need or could ever want in the spiritual kingdom. Okay, You will have gold if that's how you live. That's why it's called the golden rule. So let's take a look at the actual general principles of natural law. The principle of mentalism is principle number one. Principle number two is called the principle of correspondence. Number three, the principle of vibration. And we will unpack these one at a time probably over the next week or two. Okay? The principle of polarity is principle number four. As a former caller called in and asked about, I will be unpacking polarity. I did this before, but we'll be doing it again maybe even in some more detail. Okay? Principle number five of natural law is the principle of rhythm. Rhythm. Principle number six is known as the principle of cause and effect. Again, something we've already looked at and that many people attribute as the very deepest basis for natural law and call natural law that cause and effect. Okay? So that's principle number six. And finally, the seventh is known as the principle of gender. Gender. So a good place to start, again, is at the very beginning, number one, the principle of mentalism. We've already begun talking about this a little here today, that our thoughts are the essence of our experience, the foundational basis, the creative essence, or what in different mystery school traditions has been referred to as the generative principle, our thoughts in combination with our emotions. These are the unseen qualities that go on within the individual, what we think and how we feel, combined form the womb for the creative experience of the manifested reality that we all share. Because that's what we're basing the child, the child aspect of consciousness, the male child actions or behavior, the thing that we actually do in the world, the external um, solar masculine force that we exert into the actual field of energy in which we are living. And that's what 
ultimately becomes the experience collectively. Okay? So the thoughts are of primary importance. That doesn't mean we should downplay behavior, that we should downplay feeling. These are all part of it. They shall be given equal importance. But the, the emanation, if you will, the actual essence of that expression comes from the thoughts. Okay? This is why the Egyptian god Thoth, okay, he was named after Thought. That's his name. Okay? He is the one of the creator gods or the scribe of the creator gods, actually. Okay? He is bringing the understanding of natural law in through the mind. And this principle is not just about how our thoughts in human form create the, the shared reality that we experience at a fundamental level, but it's about how the entire universe is a mental construct. It is indeed the thoughts of the mind of the creator itself. The creative force had to have a thought in order for this construct that we call three-dimensional space-time reality to exist. And then express that through the third principle, the principle of vibration, speaking the universe into existence. Vibratory energy came into being, but there had to be a thought, a prime causal factor before that occurred. Consciousness itself pre-exists everything that is of form. That's the principle of mentalism. The mind is all, consciousness is all. That's all we have time for here today, folks. Stick around. Chris Everard is up next. We'll see you here next week on What on Earth is Happening.